Welcome to the Nerd Stalgic Podcast with your host, the Ginger Howdy folks, and welcome back to another exciting, fun, fantastic episode of the Nerd Sergeant Podcast with me, your host Luke. Hope you're doing well, as per usual. Um, I'm starting to feel a lot better myself. I no longer have the cold, as I mentioned in the, uh, last week's episode, and it seems like the lurgy is still going around, but less people are getting ill, which is good. It's now the beginning of autumn, and this will be the last... Um, episode for September um, because obviously we're going into October we're going into spooky season spooky month and I've got a lot of things planned and going to be a few changes coming obviously in the month and in November and so on so this will be the last probably generic normal sort of episode that I do and uh, before things change really they won't be big changes they'll just be if you if you pay attention or if you've been listening since day one you might notice some here or there if you're a new listener probably not um but if you're a new listener check out my old stuff it's pretty good too um but yeah this is going to be the last probably normal sort of episode before things change so that's what i'd give you guys a heads up because i've got a lot of exciting things planned for october for um spooky season so i'm really really looking forward to that um but today I'm doing a movie review. I'm going to be talking Pinocchio, um, the remake that they made this year. But before I get into that, I've got to do the business side of it all first. So as you guys are all aware, um, this episode and this show is sponsored by the wonderful, beautiful people at World of Books. They've offered me a promo code for you guys, meaning that we can both get 10% off when we go to checkout using the code NERDY10. That's N-E-R-D-Y-10 or higher case. And you can get yourself 10% off anything that they sell, which would be secondhand books, um, secondhand games. So PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, Xbox One, PlayStation 4. Um, I'm not sure about PlayStation 5, but, you know, you can go and have a look. They have all types of old retro games on there as well. I think they do movies as well now. Um, they've got vinyl. So basically anything that's like that that takes your fancy that you want to get for cheap, because as we all know, especially living in the UK, things are quite hard at the moment. Um, so if you want to start still fuel your passion as well, saving money, definitely check out World of Books and also use my code NERDY10 at checkout and save you 10% off your next order. So... Thanks again to the wonderful people at World of Books for sponsoring the show. So, yeah, as I mentioned, I'm going to be talking about Pinocchio today. And as I usually do, whenever I get around to writing a review, whenever I get around to uh, watching a movie, playing a game, I'm always writing down notes. I'm like, oh, that was interesting. I'm going to talk about that. Or that was interesting. I'm going to talk about that one. You know, the, the standard, really, whenever you're going to review something, you always write down notes, notes and bullet points and that sort of thing. Just so you know you know you've you've got a heading you know you know what you're going to talk about you want to make sure you get the the points that you liked and the points you didn't like one thing that i found with pinocchio with this remake is that apart from a few scenes that are extended or uh, uh, sort of changes beat for beat this is basically the same movie that i grew up watching so i didn't write down any notes because i know the story of pinocchio especially the disney vise the disney vised version of pinocchio so well um that i never don't wrote down no notes and i the subtle hints are so prevalent and so obvious, like changes, that they're quite memorable. So I didn't really have to write them down. Um, 
But I have a few questions I want to ask, not just in general, but I want to ask you, the audience. I know you guys can't answer me back, but I just want you to think about these questions yourself because they are very important questions. They're questions that make a lot of sense when you think about what Disney is doing with their live action movies at the moment. Um, and it's a very easy question. It's a very simple question where well, there's two of them, but they're very important. And this, that question is simply, who are these movies for? They're not for me. And they're not like I'm like I would like to consider myself considering. All right, I'll put my hands up. I've never been to Disney World or Disneyland. I've never been. I've always wanted to go maybe one day in the future. But I like to clout myself as a Disney aficionado, aficionado, you know, somebody who's a hardcore fan. Grew up with it. I had the toys. I had the clothes. I had the, you know, the soundtracks. Um, I had the uh, all the films from the from the Disney vaults um, on uh, VCR and video. I had them on DVD. I've got a Disney Plus subscription. You know, whenever time I, I, I see something Disneyfied in the shops, I'm always oh Disney, and you know I run over and either buy it or get really excited. You know, I've got a, a Wally. I've said that before. I know it's Pixar, but Wally's one of my favourite um, Pixar uh, animated uh, characters ever. I have a teddy bear of him. You know, in my room. You know, I just love Disney. I love Marvel and all that. But most of all, I'm a big Disney fan. I would like to count myself as a hard, hardcore. That being said, it's not for me because I don't feel like I need these live action remakes because me being a hardcore fan, I have the originals. If I want to go watch Pinocchio, I will go on Disney Plus or I've got the DVD or even if I wanted to go as far back, I've got the video. I could put it on and I could watch it if I wanted to. You know, I don't feel like I need a remake. And it's the same with all the other remakes they've done. You know, so if it's not for the hardcore fan, not for me, then it is, is it for the casual fan? Because I, I, I haven't heard any of the casual fans, the casual Disney fans who every now and then will watch a Disney film or like it, you know, but not really a hardcore fan. Um, it's not for them because they're not asking for it. Because the hardcore isn't asking for it, then the casual is definitely not asking for it. And then is it for the kids? Well, no, because, you know, if they're young enough and their parents like Disney, nine times out of ten, they've probably have already seen the original uh, classic because the original classic is fine. Um, you know, in this new reiteration of a live action is not really needed, especially if you're going to tell the same story. You know, me me personally, and I'm going to list off. I'm going to list them off in a minute of all the live actions they've done so far. But me personally. I would rather, if I, when I have kids, I would rather let them watch the originals than say, oh, well, let's watch this live action remake. Because the magic and beauty of Disney is in their animation, not in their live action. Like their live action stuff is all right. But whenever you think Disney, you think of Mickey, you think of Donald, Goofy, you know, you think of Cinderella, Lady in the Tramp, that sort of thing. The, 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 the Lion King, their animated catalog, that is what you think of when you first think of Disney. You know what I mean? And because it works and because that is what is Disney is like, don't wrong, you know, live action is great and all, but you just lose that sort of hint of magic. When you start adding real people in, that's when, to me, you just start, you lose that judge, you know, you lose that perfect spice, the spice melange, you know what I mean? You just lose it. Um, and I, I feel like that's the whole issue with these sort of live action movies is no matter how good or grand, or how much money you put into them, they're not going to be as magical as we remember them because they're not animated. And that's just the way it's always going to be. But it's not just the fact of who are they for. It's also the fact of why, you know, why do them? Especially, like I said, Pinocchio. Pinocchio, 
no like no one was calling for a Pinocchio um, remake. No one needed it, and you know, like I said, the classic was just as good. So again, it's a question of who's it for, and why. And, and I have no answer for either of them, really. Maybe you do listening. You might have an answer, but me personally, I just don't have an answer. I don't feel like they're needed, but they they exist and they make a lot of money. And I guess as long as they keep making money, they're gonna keep making them. Um, and I think that's just the way it's going to be, especially with Disney. If it makes over like a certain amount of money, it was a success. People liked it. There we go. We're going to make another one. Um, so like here, here I've got a list, right, of all the live action Disney movies that they've done. Some of them are like prequels, but they're still kind of in the same vein. So we've got the remake of Aladdin in, on May the 24th, 2019. I'll be honest, I didn't like it. Um, my, again, for me, it, it's the whole idea of like they it worked and it was fine as it was um you have robin Robin williams who was just incredible who is the goat greatest of all time um i'm not saying that will smith didn't do a good job he made the genie his own which is fine but i just didn't like the, the film to be honest it just for me it just felt like again there was no need it was like they've already the original's already perfect if you're going to re-release the original do a hate a blu-ray uh, re-release you know up it make the you know not add things just make the quality better if you're going to do that like, as they used to that's what disney used to do because what they used to do when they released their um, animated movies they'd release them sporadically here and there and then it would basically be called the disney vault and what that basically means is disney would release their classics for a while on video uh and they'd release them on tv every now and then and then they would shovel them away into the disney vault and then every few years they come out with a with the same movie, just uh, in better quality, uh, a better edition. So it's like, oh, this is the original. This is what the original used to look like. But we've got this brand new technology that we can do on video now. And it looks a lot better. And you've got a wider screen. And it's a lot more clear. And they did that for a long, long time. Even up to like the, the, the 2000s, and I think for the teens, they did that. They would re-release movies in better quality as the technology got better, as like CDs started to come in and Blu-ray and HD and all that. As they started to come in, the quality, they would re-release old classics and try to get them in the best quality as possible. You know, it made sense. And like no one ever cared about it because it was like, well, you know, I, I've, I, like, I haven't seen, say, for example... I haven't seen Lady in the Tramp since I was younger, since the early 90s. So why not buy it on Blu-ray? I'm a Disney fan. Yeah, I'll buy it on Blu-ray. I'll watch it. Oh, it looks a, lot, it looks a bit better. It looks more crisper, clearer, more high definition. I love it. Great. You know, it wasn't in your face. You didn't have to buy it. You didn't need it. It was just the fact that if you want it, it's there. Great. Perfect. And that's what, you know, Disney did for a long time. And I'm sure they probably still do it now. Even with Disney Plus, they probably still do it. Um, but that's just what it was originally. It was like you'd have a a classic one they'd release it up res it you buy it they put it back in the vault leave it a few years and they do the same thing yes it's all money 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 but it was again it wasn't in your face and that's what comes and that's another thing i'm asking of why they're doing these live actions for i know they make money but they're not really needed uh so then you've got the lion king that came out in 2019 again lion king was good it looked good the, the visuals are, were stunning but again i asked the question why you know, uh, like, like, like one of the things that bothered me about the Lion King, the movie, <laughs> I know this is about Pinocchio. One that bothers me about Lion King, the movie, was the moment where um, Simba is with Mufasa. Mufasa's died, really, really sad, really emotional, and he's there. And one of the things that the animation did is that when the, um, I, I think that, is it not Caribou? Um, 
like oxen, you know, the big bull things when they're rushing down. Um, you have that real sort of fright on on Simba's face. He's generally scared of like I'm going to be crushed to death, you know. And in the in the sort of live action, he has that he doesn't have that emotional feature. He just has the face of a lion. But because he has a face of a lion, it's not animated. It's not like you know. It's because it's somewhat realistic. There's not a lot you can do with the facial features. So when you look in the animated version and Simba's got a wide eyes, wide mouth, like, oh my God, I'm going to die. They're coming for me. On the uh, In the live action, you just have like a lion's face, which again is a very beautiful lion's face, but it's not what, what we want. So again, you lose that magic. And there's many times, and I'm not going to do it for all of them, but there's many times in a lot of these movies where you lose said emotion because you've made it live action you know what i mean you just lose said magic because you've done something you've you basically ruined you've taken what's worked and you've reworked it but you didn't put it all back together in the in the correct piece so it doesn't all kind of fit you know um we had the jungle book again 2016 cinderella 2015 um dumbo again that was a terrible one i, I like the look of dumbo but the, again it wasn't needed 2019 maleficent not bad First one was good. Second one was pants, but yeah, that's my opinion. Uh, 2014, you had Alice in Wonderland. I liked that one. I actually quite liked it. I, it, it, I obviously I still prefer the classic one, but I still I quite liked Alice in Wonderland. Um, I wasn't a big fan of the of the sequel that they did, but I'm a big fan of Johnny Depp. So anything with Johnny Depp and Tim Burton, you know, you've got me. It doesn't matter what it is. So um, I quite like that one. Um, then the remake, Beauty and the Beast. Again, Taylor's oldest time classic. Didn't need it. They did it anyway. Um, I will admit, though, I do like some of the new additions. Like they did change the, the story a bit, a little bit, and they changed a few characters here or there. And they also sort of uh, Emma Watson did a fantastic job. Uh, Luke, uh, is it Luke Evans, I think it was, who who does the voice um, and mocap for Beast. He does a good job. He sings a song called Evermore. Fantastic song. So again. I don't mind if you're going to do the live action and you're not going to have it verbatim. Like you're going to have the same story and same characters, but change it. It's not so bad, but when you do it beat for beat, then I'm like, eh, you lose me. Um, but Beat of the Beast was one of the good ones, but again, not really needed. Quella was good because it was original. Even though it was going off 100 Volt Dalmatians, it was okay. I think I did a re- No, I didn't do a review for Quella because I, I didn't do the podcast then, but I remember writing a review for it. And one of my things about Quella was the fact of it didn't know what it wanted. You know, there were moments where it wanted you to sympathize with Quella, make like feel her feelings and sort of emphasize with her. Um, but then there'd be other moments where uh, they want you to hate her because she's evil. But it kept wishy-washy that you didn't know where you stood with her. Like, do I want to? Do, do you want me to like her, or do you want not want me to like her? You know, is she good? Is she evil? Like, what are you trying to tell me? Um, but Quella was all right. Like Quella, I don't tend to really quote as like I don't really class it so much as a live-action remake because it's technically a prequel. If they did one hundred one Dalmatians, which I'm guessing they're probably going to lead up to, um, then you know that's a different thing. But I know they already did a live action 101 Dalmatians in like 2001. I grew up watching that. Really, really. That, that's different because that was good. You know, the 101 Dalmatians remake was really, really good. Classic. I love it. You know, and that was back in the day when like this wasn't like they did it, but like it wasn't like like they are now. Like then it was like, I don't know. It, it was just different. It was better. You know, it wasn't something of like, oh, we're doing it just, you know, 
just because you know it makes loads and loads of money we're doing it because why not you know we got a good script and we're going to make a 101 dalmatians movie and it works you know for me it works anyway um but again maybe they'll probably end up doing a, a remake with 101 dalmatians and they'll bring in emma thompson's uh, um yeah emma thompson no emma thompson i want to say emma watson but emma watson emma St- no. Anyway, the lady that plays Coella, they're going to bring her back, I'm sure, if they, when, if, when and if they do do one. I'm sure they will do it, but we'll see. But Coella was, was a special one. Mulan, haven't seen it. Heard it was trash. Haven't seen it. But again, I like the original. So again, I can go back and watch the original just fine. Uh, Christopher Robin. Uh, that I like that one, actually. Me is a big Winnie the Pooh fan. Uh, I have a soft spot for Winnie the Pooh. I grew, grew up with it. it. It's a cornerstone of my childhood. I've read all the uh, Winnie the Pooh books. I love Winnie the Pooh to bits. Um, that one made me cry. I'm not ashamed to admit it. So uh, Chris and Robin. Uh, but the thing about Chris and Robin, again, like Quella, it was a spin-off. It, it, it was, you know, uh, what happens after Winnie the Pooh. You know, when Chris and Robin's grown up and it just works and it's just a wonderful film. So that one works. But, you know, like I said, it works because it's not a remake. It is a new IP. It's taken what we know and doing something different with it. And it works, you know. Um, got Lady in the Tramp. Haven't seen it yet. I know it's on Disney+. Plus. Haven't seen it. Haven't heard anybody talk about it. I don't know if it's good or not. Maybe one day I'll get around to watching it. And that, oh, they did Peach Dragon as well. I've seen it. It's not great. It's not terrible either. You know, it's in the middle. It, it's it's good. You know, it, it, it's fine. Um, and then they 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 did a re, they did a sequel to Mary Poppins, which I know is not like a, dig, a like an animated sort of movie. Same with Peach Dragon, but again, I didn't I didn't like you know the the sequel to Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins Returns. Like, eh, I prefer the original. But again, my argument is the fact of no matter how you feel about these live action movies, at the end of the day. Um, if you don't like them, which I don't so much, then you still have the classics to fall on. I think that's one of the good parts about it is the fact of if you watch Pinocchio or you watch any other live action and you're thinking, oh, that was trash, I didn't like that, then you can always go back and enjoy the older ones. And um, that, I, I'm glad that you have, we have the option to do that, you know. Um, but the same stage is the fact of it comes back to who, what, and why, you know. Um, like, for example, if they're going to make, in my opinion, if, if you're going to make a live action movie, do the 2000s, the early, the late 90s, early 2000s Disney, the likes of Lilo and Stitch. I would love to see a live action Lilo and Stitch. And I think if you did a live action Lilo and Stitch, that would be quite interesting. You know, uh, for me personally, I think, you know, you have the you, you have the high concept sci fi of it all, as well as you have the down to earth Lilo. If you get the right actress to play Nani, to play Lilo and you have that dynamic where you actually believe their sisters. It, perfect. If you do that, perfect. And if you get a, the, the good animation on Stitch, bring in the old voice actor to do Stitch. Don't do like Chris Pine. Like, I mean, not Chris Pine, Chris fucking... Uh, who's the guy that keeps he's doing Garfield and Super Mario? Um, oh, God, Guardians of Galaxy, Geezer. One of the Chris's, basically. You know what I'm talking about. But basically, don't get him in to, to do the voice. You know, get the original voice actor who did the voice of stitch in the tv show and all that bring him back uh, bring the bring the voices works back for pleakley and jumba do you know bring all the voice cast back don't have to redo re, like for anybody who did the animated sort of characters you know the aliens that sort of thing bring them back Br- bring in new actors to play the 
original you know to play the you know to play Narnie to play Lilo the, like the live action the real people you know um and I think you do something perfect there you know it's not to say like uh, Emperor's New Groove you know works fantastic as it is and if you can t- if you can do the same style of that movie is the fourth wall breaks the jokes that, that sort of thing um again I think you probably could do a good job and I think you could even probably well they probably wouldn't get David Spade in to do it um I think it would be better if you got somebody who was of Peruvian descent. But even so, like, it would be quite interesting to see what you can do there, you know, um, and tell a story, you know, in the Peruvian settings with the with the with um, Cusco and all that. That'd be quite interesting with the Incan Empire. I think that would be quite fascinating. That's somewhere we haven't gone since, you know, Cusco. Um, so that'd be interesting. Um uh, Atlantis, the last city of Atlantis. I love it. One of my childhood favorites and by and by one of the best Disney movies ever made that is underrated and doesn't get as much love. That one would be incredible. Again, you get the right actors in because it's 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 that's an ensemble piece. You know, you have you know you have Mole, you have um, you have Cook, you have um, all the different actors. You've got Milo. If you bring them all in, you have a good hunk of characters. Fantastic. You know what I mean? And then you've got the visual pieces as well. And the story's there. You've just got to follow the story and just get the visuals right and get the actors right. Done. And I know I complained doing the verbatim thing, but certain certain films are so well done that they don't need to be changed. That's one of them. Another one of them, Treasure Planet. Do a live action of Treasure Planet. If you're not going to do a sequ- an animated sequel to Treasure Planet... Then, if you then do a live action again, it's the same thing. The, as long as you get good actors and that you get the original actors back to do the um, voices of the, if you're going to do animated characters for the aliens, if you're not going to do practical, which they probably won't do practical, most likely do animated, get the original voice actors for them. You know, get the original voice actor back for for more for morph. Um, you know, for, um, Captain Silver again. If you can't get the original voice actor, you know, make sure you just the visuals and again, just follow the story. It works perfectly. You know what I mean? As long as you just follow that story of, of those ones, they will work fine. You've just got to get the, the right, you know, actors in and, um, you know, just the right visuals. And I think you're set. But that's my opinion. I think that's just what they should do. Will they do it? I don't know. Um, but again, that's my hope is that every time there's a d23 or a disney event i'm always here like sitting here watching it going please say atlantis please say treasure planet you know please say one of uh, you're gonna you're gonna if you're gonna do it because we know they're gonna do it because they make a lot of money then please you know do something that's different something that we that we're not going to expect even though we want to see it we won't we don't expect to see it we expect them to do you know all the other ones that are more popular um who knows? Maybe one day they get around to doing it. But um, yeah, well, there's, there's this whole subject. Uh, to us, I know I've gone off on a bit. I'm meant to be doing a review about Pinocchio. The reason I've gone off, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, is like I mentioned at the beginning, this movie is is a verbatim, apart from a few changes here or there, is a verbatim sort of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Carbon copy of Pinocchio, the original. So there's not really new here. There's not really much to add. Um, so I just thought I'll do this part here and then do the review um, afterwards because the review is going to be a lot shorter because I want to give you a bang for your book. I want to give you some an interesting question for you to ponder while I'm talking about Pinocchio. Um, so, yes, yeah, that's this section. That's my question that is done. Again, um, 
what do you think of the question? You know, does it think that rings true with you? Do you disagree with me? Do you like these live action movies and all that jazz? Um, obviously, let me know on Twitter at nerdstagic underscore pod. Um, I'll be interested in the dialogue there. Um, but for now, we're going to get on to the movie review of Pinocchio. So let's get into it, shall we? So Pinocchio. Pinocchio. Um, I'll be honest with you. And uh, this might come as a surprise for a lot of people. Um, surprised me, to be honest, after I ended up watching it. But I quite liked it. I quite liked Pinocchio. Like, it's not incredible. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, like, changed my mind or changed my opinion on, on the, the whole live-action remakes. This is not the movie that makes me sit there and go, yeah, I was wrong. Everything I've ever said about live-action remakes was completely wrong. Disney knows what they're doing. Perfect. Love it. Keep doing it. Like, no, it's it's not that. What it is, it's good. It's not great, you know. I don't need to watch it again because, again, like I said, it is a remake of the original. I can just watch the original if I want. Um, but again, it's not terrible. Like it's not shit. Like it is generally good. Like it's it's a one time watch. If anything, you know, if you haven't seen the original, then that's completely fine. You know, you can probably enjoy this and find it a very great and charming movie. But if you're a lover of the original, there's a very much chance that you'd be watching this and going, it's all right, but I don't need to see it again. You know what I mean? And that's how I felt with with this film. Um, I quite liked the the whole sort of the, the few changes they've made. Um, you know, a lot of scenes have extended. Like, for example, um, Tom Hanks as Geppetto is, is pretty good. Um, I'll be honest, though, I'm a bit of a cynic because I missed old school Tom Hanks. Um, I remember growing up watching, you know, The Man With One Left Shoe, uh, Bachelor Party, which I really shouldn't have been watching Bachelor Party, but, you know, watching Bachelor Party, watching The Burbs, um, you know, watching Money Pit, watching Big, you know, the co- the comedic side of Tom Hanks. I miss that side of Tom Hanks. I miss the comedy, piss-takey, sort of like jokey Tom Hanks. And I, I know I'm not alone there. I know there's a lot of other people who miss that version of Tom Hanks because around like the early 2000s, like late 90s, early 2000s, he just kind of turned to be a lot more serious and doing a lot more sort of um, serious ish movies. And um, that's not a bad thing. He, you know, he obviously wanted to do something different, but like, I'd like him to go back to doing his old sort of, you know, jokey sort of uh, movies. But um, that's just me being me, me being picky, but he does a good job as Geppetto. Um, They changed the story a bit here that Geppetto lost his wife, uh, lost his son. And that um, he, Got he got really really lonely, and that he basically decided that he was going to um, build a puppet that somewhat resembles his son, and that would be his way of remembering him. And it also has a small little side story where um, he talks to Cleo and he talks to um, Figaro, saying, "I can't sell my clocks. I can't get rid of my clocks because my wife loved my clocks, and every time each one of them reminds me of her." Um, so that was quite nice. That was quite a nice change. Um, I also quite liked with the clocks. They have little Easter eggs with the clocks. They've like there's there's one with the Woody drowned up. So Woody's in there. You've got Donald Duck. I'm trying to remember what else. Um, there was a Maleficent one. There was a Sleeping Be- uh, Not Sleeping Be- There was a Snow White Seven Dwarfs one. Um, there was quite a few to be honest. Really really silly ones. Really really good ones. Um, but they're like little nods. I think oh, I'm trying to remember what else. There was so many of them. I wish I wrote them down. But there were so many different like 
Easter egg sort of uh, clocks there from like other Disney pro- other Disney Pixar projects, which is really really cool to see. Um, you know, like I said, the story f- follows on verbatim. You know, Geppetto makes a wish to the Blue Fairy, the Blue Star. The wish comes true. Pinocchio comes to life. Um, Jiminy Cricket. I quite like the actor who, who played Jiminy Cricket. Um, you know, he's very much uh, sarcastically. He's like funny, but he's in a sarcastic sort of way. But obviously, very much of the professional, very much of the um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, he's a conscience. You know, so he's like, you know, you know, Pinocchio. You know, friends are good, but you know, you've got to make friends. Some friends lead you astray. So like, he is giving Pinocchio relevant modern day advice, um, and like, you know, something that we can a lot sort of connect to is like, yeah, friends are great, but you've got to be careful with some friends because some friends have ulterior, uh, ulterior motives, and some might try to lead you astray. This is generally kind of not verbatim, but this is kind of the gist of some of the advice he starts giving Pinocchio and Pinocchio asks him questions of why and, you know, as the standard. But so the redo of kind of um, Jiminy is good, but like they've kept the design. So he still looks like Jiminy Cricket, which is fine. Pinocchio again looks pretty cool. There are a lot of moments, creepy moments in this where like they've, there's a scene where you can tell when Pinocchio, before Pinocchio comes to life, they actually made a real Pinocchio doll that Geppetto is working on. And it looks quite good. Like that looks like something you'd want to keep and like, if, as a collector would want in their collection. And that's, and it's, it's that moment where, like, when Pinocchio is turned into real, like in, not in real boy, but he's turned into, uh, to come brought alive. I, I get really Chucky vibes, not in a horror sort of murderous sort of way, just the fact of un, uncanny valley. It just, sometimes it just looks creepy. Certain scenes, it looks fine. And in some scenes, you're like, oh, God, you that needed a bit more in the animation oven. You, you know what I mean? Like, it just looked not rough, just a bit creepy. Um, like, for example, they've got Cleo. Cleo is a fish. And obviously, in the this is one of the things that I, I was saying about animation and live action, why sometimes it just doesn't work. Because in animation, you can have a fish that has a human face, it well fish a humanish sort of face shall we say um and it'd be fine you know it will work because it will look somewhat okay because it's animation you can suspend the disbelief because nothing in in real life looks animated sadly um but when you start bringing the the animated style into the real world that's when it gets a bit you know confuzzled and there's like when i first saw clear i was like oh that don't look right at all because you've got human eyes a human mouth. It, it was it was like looking at like you know the um, <laughs> the Sonic you know before Sonic got his whole redesign when you first looked at Sonic and he had human teeth and he just looked really really horrible and I'm like uh, you know you you can tell they try to get a, a, like a hedgehog but try to make the hedgehog look too real and apart from actually looking like Sonic that's what he was like they looked at him like I don't want to keep looking at your face because it just doesn't look right and it's that uncanny valley it's just it just you know, you look at it, you're like, oh, I don't like it. I don't like it. Um, you know, Figaro, again, Figaro, the cat, you know, the animation for the cats, you know, is good. But at the same stage, is the fact of you have a very sort of, you tried to make him look a bit too humanistic on the cat. It was a bit of a, it's not as bad as the movie, the live action movie Cats. I'm just saying it's the fact of you could have had a live action cat, you know, had a live action actual cat, a kitten itself. Um, and that could have been a lot better than having to animate the cat, in my opinion. You know, maybe the idea of they didn't want to bring somebody in to do it, I don't know, or they would have decided let's just animate it. But again, they could have had a live action cat and that would have worked just as fine. Um, but the story follows on, you know, Pinocchio, 
Um, and Geppetto, they have a dance. They have a, a bit more extended scene where, like, Pinocchio and Geppetto try to live together. It's a bit difficult because Geppetto's old and Pinocchio still learning how the world works and all that. So, in the end, uh, Geppetto's like, I'm going to take send you to school. So, they go to school. He meets um, Arnish John, which I quite like this part. Uh, uh, when, he, when he meets with Jiminy and um, G- uh, Pokenew goes, oh, this is, my, this is my agent, Arnish John. And then... <laughs> And this bit, I'll be honest, this bit generally made me chuckle. Um, <laughs> uh, Jiminy looks at uh, Pinocchio with like one of them looks that your mother would give you. And he looks at it, he goes, he goes, Pinocchio, if somebody calls themselves Honest John, especially if they have the word honest in the name, either at the beginning or in the middle, right? There's a high likely chance they're not honest, especially if they're an agent. And then he looks at the screen and looks at the audience. And I was like, I get what you did. That, that's quite funny. You know, that, that, that made me chuckle. And there are a few moments of that when you have Jiminy Cricket where, like, he's generally quite funny. You know, it made me chuckle anyway because they're the very fourth wall breaking nods. Like, the kids won't get it, but the adults might get it. Sort of jokes. Um, but, you know, the story goes on. Jiminy, they take him to school. He gets kicked out of school because, like, this is one of the changes they made. He gets kicked out of school because, like, schools, schools are real boys, not for wooden puppets. So that he, kicks, he gets kicked out of school. Then goes off with Arnish John and joins Stromboli. Stromboli tortures him, basically makes him perform, doesn't want to perform. He escapes. You know, the story goes on from there. He tries to find his way back home, ends up find, getting kidnapped by uh, Luke Evans. Luke Evans is in this movie. Um, even though he was in um, Beauty and the Beast as Gaston, he's in this movie again, which I was like, okay. You know, Disney called in Luke Evans again. Didn't need to be Luke Evans, but brought him back in. He's a good singer, so, you know, he does sing in this. So he brought him back in as one of the bad guys who steals kids and takes them off to um, uh, Pleasure Island. Obviously, the whole idea of Pleasure Island is to teach Pinocchio and to teach the audience the old idea that if you act like a jackass, you will become an ass. You know, become a donkey, become an art. You know, you get it. It's plan words. It's quite, you know, back then, that's what they called somebody who was an idiot. You're an ass. You know, it still works. It still kind of works today with kids. The idea of like, don't be, don't break things. Don't break the law. Don't steal that sort of thing. Because if you're going to act like a jackass, you'll become an ass. And that's how you'll be seen. And that's how you, you know, be for the rest of your life. You'll be an ass. You don't want to be an ass. You know, so it also teaches Pinocchio, but also teaches the audience. Um, you can tell this is where I feel like most of the budget went because you had all the, and then you had all these like grandiose fairy tale things. It's like Pinocchio is on like a um, like a boat log flume, and as you're going through this log flume, you can see on the left and the right are these different kids smashing things and breaking stuff and all that kind of. And you can see Pinocchio slowly but surely being like, I don't feel like I should be here. Like my conscience is telling me this is wrong. Even though uh, Jiminy isn't there at the time, his own internal conscience, because he's starting to slowly grow a conscience, is very much of like, I shouldn't be here. This is wrong. I don't want to break things. And they go to a room that's full of clocks. And he's like, well, my father, he makes clocks. I don't really want to break them. I don't feel like my dad would like me. My papa would want me to be here. So it's a very good sort of pointing lesson. Still quite interesting. Then for some unknown reason, they just turned it into a very sort of weird sort of I don't know, like very dark, like creepy sort of vibe. Whereas like these ghost creatures are collecting these donkeys and then taking them underground where Luke Evans is with these ghost creatures. Like literally like they're made out of ghosts. They've got like big yellow eyes and they're made out of like smoke. And um, 
they're putting them, these donkeys into cages and sending them off to salt mines. So I thought that got a bit dark a bit quickly. So Pinocchio gets away, gets escaped. Lampy's changes into a donkey, which is quite, you know, you don't see it, but like you have the impression of like, damn, this thing got really dark and quite, quite scary quite quickly. Again, this is one of the things when, it, when it's animated, it's different. But when you start doing it in live action, you kind of, you almost unironically, unintentionally start to move over to more of the creepy sort of side of it, especially if the story you're telling has those sort of aspects in it. Without realising it, you tend to move on to the old creepy horror, horror sort of vibes. Even though it's not scary, it's just very much of like for kids, I can see kids being quite sort of like traumatised by it. And I guess that's kind of the point, you know, the whole idea that if you're going to act like a jackass, you're turning to an ass and this is what's going to happen if you don't, you know, start acting decently and be a good person, you're going to, this is going to happen to you. So if that's what they were going for, I guess it would work. Uh, it would work on me anyway. And it worked on me when I was younger when I watched Pinocchio. I was like, I don't want to become an ass. I don't want to turn into a donkey. I'm not going to be a bad person. You know, so if it worked on me watching the original, it might work on the newer sort of generation coming in and watching this for the first time. This being their only sort of inkling of what and who Pinocchio is as a character and as a story. You know, so it works for what it is. Anyway, so Pinocchio escapes he's on his way out uh he meets up with with jiminy and they both paddle off to um back back to land to get geppetto finds out geppetto's not there geppetto's gone found gone to find him in, in pleasure island so they've got to go out to sea oh there's another little lady that's part of the stromboli's um story who is a new addition new character she is a lady that has um, a spot we're well, not a prosthetic leg but she's got like a leg brace on and she does a lot of um, the, um, the puppetry. And basically, the whole sort of side story of her is that, you know, she was taken by Stromboli when she was younger and she's kind of stuck there. Um, anyway, they go to another town. Stromboli gets imprisoned for basically breaking the law and that she takes over his troop. And that she comes, to, she find, finds Pinocchio and asks Pinocchio, like, would you like to, um, would you like to basically be, a part of my troop, part of my, my group. Obviously, Pinocchio is like, you know, thank you, but no, I've got to go find my father. And then he gets him and um, Geppetto, uh, not Geppetto, him and Jiminy basically get up on a boat and leave, and they go find um, Geppetto, which is where we ended up finding Monstro, the giant. So, well, originally, obviously, in the animated, it was just a giant whale, kind of like on the line of like Moby Dick, like a very, very big sort of killer whale. Um, not a not an orca, but you know, like a big whale sort of thing. And in this, they just completely change it to make it a general, a, a big sort of like Lovecraftian sort of monster. It's like a, it's like a face of a whale, um, but like it's got tentacles. It's got like big fins like a shark. So they just kind of did a mismatch of all different types of creatures. But they get swallowed by um, Monstro. They set a fire in his in his gob, and he spits them out. They go back to shore, and then basically from there, um, you think Geppetto's died. Uh, Pinocchio sort of makes a wish, uh, cries to hopefully bring his papa back, and uh, yeah, that's basically it. And they walk off into the sunset, and then slowly, very you don't see it with your own eyes. It's more just like you see it in the distance. But um, Pinocchio starts to turn into a real boy. He starts to become less wooden, wooden, and become more fleshy. Um, you don't see it actually happen. It just like you know kind of like implied of like you see it for a bit in black okay it's implied that he turns into a real boy and that's basically the movie like i said like 
I've left a few bits out, but majority of the top that is basically beat for beat. That is what the film is. Um, overall, it's a decent film. You know, the voice acting was quite good. Visuals were quite good. Sometimes it gets quite quite beautiful, quite gorgeous, especially when they're in like there's a moment where they're in um, Monstro's um, mouth. And there's a lot. The water's gone uh, fluorescent. Basically, it's got like every time Pinocchio moves, it has like a blue fluorescent on it. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, and there are other moments where, like, you know, Paradise Island. That's quite cool. Um, the way they do the other, like, uh, the way sort of like Honest John and like his little sort of fox sort of cat friend looks. That's quite well. It looks like a real fox at times. You know, so I think Keegan Michael Key does the voice for Honest John. But overall, like. It's it's a, it's pretty good, you know. It's not a bad film. It's not good. Like it's beat for beat, it is the same film. Uh, majority of the people I think would end up watching this movie for um, to see how Tom Hanks as Geppetto is, um, and he does he does a pretty good job. I'm still old school. Like I wish he would do. He's he come back and doing comedy and stuff like that. Will he do it at his age? I don't know. Is he still capable of doing it? I think most definitely. Um, but yeah, overall, Pinocchio. It's an okay movie, you know. If that, like, I know I haven't said much in the way of review. Like, there's not much to say about it. Like, if you like the original movie, watch the original movie. Um, this one it is a beat for beat the same with a few different, you know, things. But overall, it is the same film. Um, you do have the uncanny valley, you know, at times with Pinocchio. Um, Jiminy Cricket looks pretty good. The voice actor does a pretty good job. Everything else is pretty fine. Um, yeah, it's not a bad movie. Was it a film that needed to be made? No, but. Now it's made, is it, you know, okay? Yeah, you know, and it was made by Robert Zemeckis, and, you know, Robert Zemeckis is a pretty good director, so um, I would imagine that, I would imagine as to why it was pretty good was because he did a, you know, he wrote it, he did a pretty good job with it. Um, but yeah, overall, not so bad. Um, I liked it. It was good. If I had to give it a rating out of 10, I'd give it like a, I think like a six, maybe like a six and a half, maybe. Um, like I said, I would rather watch the original, but that's fine. Because there were a few times when I was watching this and I was thinking, I was trying to imagine like where the if I played the put the original on at the same time and this like if I started them at the, at the same time and just let them both run next to each other, how like which one would end first? And I'd feel like the original Pinocchio would probably end a lot sort of sooner because that film kind of gets on with it. You know, it's it's don't don't pull it, drag it out. You know, they don't have any added scenes. It just tells the story, gets on with it. There you are, done. Whereas Pinocchio, they kind of like, they extend certain scenes. They add certain scenes in that wasn't in the original, you know. Um, they add in a few more doc, uh, character dialogues from certain characters that didn't talk as much or say other certain things. But overall, it is basically the same film. So, yeah, I would give it a six. Uh, I don't need to watch it again. Um do I recommend anybody else watching it? In, in all honesty, if you see the original, you don't need to. But if you're curious, then go for it. Um, you might enjoy it. But for me, it was good. And that's all I can say about it. So um, that's it, really. That's it for Pinocchio. That's it for the review. Um, on to the end, shall we? Let's wrap this up nicely. So that's it. We had a lot to talk about here. Well, I had a lot to talk about, and you guys just listened. <laughs> um, you know, we talked about, you know, who's this movie for? Why is this movie? All that jazz. Um, you know, me growing up, loving the original. What 
live action movies they should be doing really they really should be doing they like i really just want to manifest as much as possible the atlantis movie like i really want it but like part of me scares me the fact they they mess it up and then it, they ruin it granted if they do ruin it i still got the classic to go back to but then it will still kind of like really more bother me if they ruin it because it is just an amazing film um but again you know there's that's neither here nor there. Disney might end up doing it because they like money, and who doesn't love money? <laughs> well, Disney loves money. Um, also, nope, did the Pinocchio review? Did you agree? Did you disagree with the Pinocchio review, or even my thoughts and feelings at the beginning? Again, like I said, let me know on uh, Twitter at nerdsagic underscore pod. Um, I'd love to hear what you what you think, what you say, because at the end of the day, like I have my opinions when it comes to these live action movies. Obviously, I've I've sort of aired them here and i've also um talked about you know my views on pinocchio and all that you know so if you agree if you disagree i'm interested to see if anybody anybody else feels really um but yeah so if you're interested in in more from me you know you can listen to this episode on spotify which most people probably are um but you can listen to this episode on spotify you can listen to me on anchor you can find me on google podcasts on amazon music podcasts even you can find me on youtube if you go onto youtube and type in the nerd subject podcast just look for me with my flaming face and you'll find me there so you can watch all there i'm currently at I know I keep every time I say a new episode, a different episode, I keep saying a different number. I did check it before I, I did I did this bit. Um, I'm at 42, so that's the official number now. I'm at 42, hoping to get to 45 by the end of the year. So fingers crossed, I can do that. It's not that far away. I think that's a, a decent enough goal. Um, so you know, check me out on YouTube. I had, that's where I put a lot of my back catalogue. I'm hoping to kind of catch up with myself so I can put all the later episode, the latest episodes on there when they drop elsewhere so you know fingers crossed there also um if you listen to this on spotify don't forget to give me a star rating basically what how it works if you go on my profile on spotify go down there'll be a little start there'll be a few stars click on that and it'll give you the option between five stars and one star five stars being the best thing you've heard in your life it's changed your life and now you're now off to being a successful billionaire or you know, one star Vogon's doing poetry and your ears are bleeding and you just want to turn it off and cry. Whatever you feel like is fair, um, let me know um, by rating be one to five or two, three or four, whatever you feel like is fair. Because uh, it really, really helps me out at the end of the day because the higher my star rating, the higher I go up on the um, Spotify algorithm and they start advertising my sort of show more often to people. And they recommend it to more people and that just gets more people listening and the more people listening that I can look into doing a lot more advertisement, which then I can obviously get you guys more things. And, you know, it wins some losing. So it works for both of us. It's a bit synergy and we can grow the channel. I can do a lot more amazing things. And yeah, you know, so it would really, really help me out if you haven't done so already. About 15 people have done it so far and it's just been absolutely wonderful. So for those 15 of you who have done it so far, I love you. Fantastic. Thank you. Oh, grazie, grazie, grazie. Um, and yeah, that is it. That is all she wrote. That is the end of the road. Um, thank you for listening to me ramble for a few hours. Well, not a few hours, probably. I would well, probably do an educating guess without looking. I'd probably say thank you for talking to me for about 38 to 40 minutes. You know, so thank you for listening to me. If it's that long, if it's longer, I do apologize. I do tend to go on to a bit of a um, 
tandems at times. Um, <laughs> but, you know, thank you for listening. If you've reached this far to the end, um, nobody as of yet has said my secret word on Twitter to let me know that uh, <laughs> that they've listened to the end. So um, if you did listen to the end of this one, please, you know, write to me on um, on Twitter, uh, nerdstatic underscore pod with the secret word monkey nuts. I was there. And um, I know that you stay to the end. So uh, thank you very, very much for listening. This has been another fantastic episode of the Nerdstagic podcast. Thank you for listening. I've been your host, Luke, and I'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye.